episode of Matt Mixer Watch Horror Movies has been cursed by the Blair Witch with audio technical difficulties. <laughs> You know, they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <clears throat> no- nothing. Ready to watch some movies? Aw, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Make Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. And I made him watch a horror movie. Yeah, he did. So what did we watch this week, Zach? The Blair Witch Project. So before we get too much into the movie, what did you know about uh, like found footage? Like, what's your familiarity with that subgenre of a subgenre? Um, I was all too aware of the paranormal activity craze, <laughs> with every single ad showing the theater going, "Ah, yeah, it's so real." <laughs> um. And I know the Blair Witch, like before watching this, I knew the fact that the Blair Witch, um, like people thought it was real for a while. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was 10 when this movie came out. Yeah. And I remember being like, they can put that in a theater. (laughs) It says those three people died. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, spoilers for the opening of the movie. (laughs) Oh no. The person watching a podcast reviewing a horror movie. You never know, man. It's the internet. I've been on Twitter. It's terrifying. (laughs) So yeah, uh, I am aware of it. Okay. I mean, like, had you seen anything before this that was like a, a found footage movie? I'm trying to think. Like, oh, the... um, Cloverfield. I love Cloverfield. I was really worried about watching this because Cloverfield made me extremely motion sick. This did not. This. There's a lot less like running around. Yeah, in circles I think that this. was. I think that was Cloverfield's mistake. I, I I do love Cloverfield. I like that movie a lot. I like the director Matt Reeves, who's gonna make Batman now. Oh yeah. But yeah, I remember like. I don't believe in getting up to go to the bathroom during movies. I was like, I need like five guys. I'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I remember getting really sick o- over that movie. Yeah. That's all I remember out of it too. <laughs> well, I'm glad this one didn't make you sick yeah. at least in that way. Yeah. Now that we kind of know like your familiarity with it. Uh, what did you think of the Blair Witch Project? This is going to be the hot takes episode. All right. Um, so before I before I give my hot takes, <laughs> I just want to say that I respect the filmmakers and the actors right. for the craft that they put in this movie. Yes, because it I know for a fact it must not have been easy to make this movie. Right, and for what they're going for, they did a good job. Well, I'll get into how hard it was to make this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to put out there that I I respect the craft, but man, the literally the second. The credits rolled. I turned to Megan and was like, what a waste of time. Oh, no. <laughs> I uh, like I get it, but I, I should say I, for the most part, actually quite like this movie. Uh-huh. I don't love it. Like some people are like, oh, my God, it's the scariest movie of all time. It's my favorite one of my favorites. And I'm like, let's not go crazy. But I think especially like the last act of it is really effective. To me, that was the the least enjoyable part of it. Was really the last act. like from from where I'm talking like from where Josh gets taken on. Yeah, that was 
the yeah. least enjoyable uh. part of it for me because like going into it like like i said i know nothing about it all i know is it's like found footage college students go in a forest and it's spooky stuff happens. Right, right that's all i know about it uh and when the movie starts uh i'm like oh this is cool it's kind of like a little time capsule for the 90s like i'm, yeah. I'm enjoying this, this oh, look at really those baggy cool. jeans yeah <laughs> like look, look at that dude's like tooth necklace right, like right. look at that guy <laughs> uh so i was enjoying it from that standpoint when it was just like kind of mundane and like when they're yelling kiss the slate yeah that was the just, best just being like the epitome of like oh yeah film majors yeah sure because yeah. like watching uh my parents home movies of from like that time period too it's like that's why i want to give props to the actors and stuff because that's how people yeah, I, work i actually th- like the one take that i will never be able to agree with is when people say like oh they aren't good actors because i think they're they're good actors like i think the 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 biggest travesty about this movie is that people like hate heather donahue Mm. and like actively were like we shouldn't cast her in things she seems like a whiny bitch like which is horrible and all the things wrong with misogyny in hollywood like yeah i mean hating a character is one thing hating the actress that's a whole different thing yeah again it is okay anyone listening if you really like this movie or really hate this movie that's fine yeah that, we're a great example of that yeah it's okay that you like it it's okay that anybody likes it these are my problems with it yeah because like what i was talking about the uh, last episode with how um i got desensitized to horror by playing a lot of games mm-hmm. this is the type of movie that oh yeah this desensitized is a, to. yeah because like the whole time i was waiting for a payoff or waiting for something to happen but the fact that it was just like noise and st- like i don't i don't want to see like the full witch or whatever i don't want to i don't want cg or like a creature right. i want like glimmers of eye eye light or something i get what you're saying well something well actually um you know the scene where their tent like gets attacked mm-hmm. um you were supposed to see the witch mm. it was gonna be something like pretty simple like they literally just put one of like the guys from the crew in like an all white like jumpsuit with a hood over his face so you couldn't make out his features which in the like um like the the like night vision actually would have looked really probably mm. kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. And somebody just forgot to turn around. Oh. Cause literally since the actors weren't cameramen. Yeah. The stuff like that happened all the time. Like the most iconic scene from this movie. And I, it's part of you probably hate when she's crying into the camera and everything's a little off focus and it's yeah. like just a little to the right. They thought they have that. They had that lined up dead center. Mm-hmm. But since you couldn't check on cameras, they were yeah. like, yeah, I got it. Nailed it. Great performance, Heather. <laughs> and I think if that scene was shot like perfect, like dead center on like a tripod, it would be like unwatchable. Yeah. I think you just believe that this is real and that she's so upset that she yeah. like doesn't even care about the camera at that point. See, that 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 part, uh, I didn't mind because it was genuine. Yeah. It was just the way she... What annoyed me about her character was the way she interacted with the other two guys. And like that just bugged me because she was just being annoying towards them. I've always been on Heather's side, man. I don't know what. Because like I'm like, she she's right. She's the only one who can read the map. Yeah. But she's the like, only one with the compass. We don't know that. And she's in charge. We don't know that. <laughs> they literally have a scene where the other two try to read the map and they're like, what does that mean? And she's like, it means that's a river. And they're like, oh. No, that, that is Mike. a scene in the movie. That was Mike. That wasn't Josh, though. That wasn't Josh, though. 
It was only Mike. All right. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> I told you this is a hot takes episode. I know. No, I, like I get where you're coming from. That's the hardest part. Like there are some movies that when people like last week, we talked about the thing. I remember in college, uh, me and my friend Drew being really excited because we both liked that movie. So we put it on for a bunch of our other friends who hadn't seen it. And one of them was like, I don't get why you guys like that. It was boring for like half of it. And I was like, get out of my house. We're no longer friends. I don't talk to that person anymore. <laughs> like, but Blair yeah. Witch Project, I'm like, yeah, no, of course. Like, it's, I totally get why people don't like it. And, and I get why people like it. Yeah. Like, to me, it's just the fact that I'm desensitized to the, like, spooky atmosphere stuff. Like, right. I need, like, like when uh, at the end when they're in the house and you see, like, the kids' bloody handprints on the walls. Yeah. I was waiting for stuff like that, like in the background stuff to add the extra like spookiness. Yes. To it. See, and I, I, yeah, I could have used a little more background stuff, I guess. Like I have no interest in seeing any part of the witch. Like to yeah. me, if yeah. they had, if they had remembered to turn that camera around and that wound up in the movie, <laughs> we wouldn't be talking about this movie. Yeah. It wouldn't be nearly as effective as just, what is it? What is it? Yeah. And they're like running in my head. I was waiting for like the peripheral vision moment where like, they don't see something that we spot like mm -hmm. out of the corner of the frame that's just like <gasps> there yeah, it is. yeah but, but i i do came. like the like what you're saying about like the handprints and the shirt filled with teeth yeah and, you know what is shaking their tent and we never i i like the idea that we never see it mm. but i also know like um like it was Wes Craven, the guy who made like Nightmare on Elm Street and Scream said once that horror is like um, a faucet with a drip. Eventually, you just have to turn it on. Yeah. And I, I don't know if this movie, depending on how you feel about it, ever really turns it on. Yeah, I don't I, I think I don't think it did. And also my other thing was how muddied and confused the plot was behind like the Blair Witch and stuff because like when they're interviewing people it was like they're talking about the Blair Witch and then all of a sudden they started talking about that Ellie Kedward yeah the killer guy oh, no, Ellie Kedward's the witch uh Rustin Parr yeah is the, the killer then they started talking about him and then at the end when Mike is in the corner I'm like wait what did the serial kill why I, I believe that the implication is because somebody I think in this and there is also an accompanying documentary that you can watch for free on YouTube about the legend of the Blair Witch it's part of how they sold this as a isn't this that actually the happened. one that they talked about in the movie that like Discovery did no no this is um essentially like sci-fi channel at the time was still airing things like Ghost Hunters and stuff like very early in like that kind of stuff going on TV for like reality tv faux documentary things and they did one that was here's the legend of the blair witch uh that's been getting a lot of press because this movie is coming out about these three kids who died so we want to look into it too essentially mm -hmm. yeah so it, it was like hey this movie that got all this let's like look into yeah, it, and it, from... it and it actually came out before the movie did and uh... they even have characters in it who are supposed to be like the family of the three that went missing that like talk about the fact that the Blair Witch Project is coming out mm. like they have um I think uh Heather's brother or Josh's brother and he's just like I can't believe they're putting this movie out no I'm not gonna go see it Mm. I cannot stand the idea that all these people are going to see what happened to my brother. So it's and, like, like <laughs> playing into the fact that yes. like it's quote unquote real. I, I want to get into the plot of this movie, but there isn't really one. 
because yeah. it's just it it is the purest found footage in the if you told me like oh no this is literally like just raw like we just put it mm. in a film reel and played it i'd be like yeah sure yeah so maybe we should just get into like making it i guess but <laughs> I mean, can, is there anything like that happens in the movie that you well, can I'm tra- so or? the opening uh it's them making the documentary all right biggest question of this whole movie huh. Do you think if they hadn't died, Heather's documentary would have been any good <laughs> from what you saw <laughs> of her staring forlornly into graveyards like, here we find the town of Blair <laughs> Dude. With, with her like faux British accent that comes out of nowhere. It's the best. I actually completely forgot that's what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. They're literally just making like that's part of why the the legend is so contradictory is they're just making a documentary about a folktale about like two towns over yeah. from where they live. Yeah. It would be like if you know like oh there's a legend of this the ghost of a dog down the street from my house if you're like yeah I'm going to make a YouTube video about it and then like the dog killed you. Like, <laughs> and I found your phone. <laughs> then it got two views on YouTube. Yes. <laughs> it, it's just, yeah, I, was, I think it was just the fact that, like, I was waiting for something to happen and it never No, happened. I know. Yeah, yeah. I... My hot takes are over. We can talk about like, okay. the, the, we can have a serious talk about. So yeah, so like they wander into the woods. Spooky yeah. stuff starts happening after Josh accidentally kicks over a weird assemblage of rocks. That's when he gets targeted. I think that's what starts everything. I think if he mm. never kicked over those rocks, nothing happens. Because every story that somebody tells them is like, "Oh, a kid was walking alone in the woods," and I'm like, "Yeah, a kid would totally accidentally kick over rocks." Uh. You know, that's why they probably got targeted. I was the bad boy, and I did a little bit of reading on this movie after <gasps> I watched it because we watched it separately. Um, Don't give away our secrets. <laughs> uh, I also read that those, those totems, like there were seven of them for the seven different kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next time the rocks came up, there was, it was three for them. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, that, yeah. That's, yeah. that's cool stuff that yeah. I was like looking for. I think the whole like backstory is actually really thought out because the whole mm-hmm. implication is that Rustin Parr was possessed by the witch. Oh, because he that's why he comes out of the wood and says, like, I did it. It's done. She's going to let me go or whatever he says. Oh. Like, he murdered the kids for the witch. But everybody just thought he was crazy. OK, that makes sense. Yeah, that should or, or he brought maybe he brought the kids to the witch that's never clear Mm. like in like jersey there's cropsy that's like this myth of like oh if you go out alone at night man in the woods in jersey cropsy will get you he's you know this this old caretaker who got disfigured and now he hates the kids who did it to him Mm. and then they found out like oh but in reality around the same time that myth started popping up there was this guy who got accused of murdering like a kid Mm. so like it kind of draws on that so it's like like some... it's, it's real and it's fake so like you kind of like yeah. it makes it more believable in that oh there totally was really this guy named rustin parr and he talked about the witch and did you know there's a legend of a witch in our town okay you know see that stuff adds a lot to the movie yeah 
definitely yeah. so, some of that has come from the fact that i have lived with this movie since i saw it when i was 12 and i was scared of it so i was like well i have to go do all the research <laughs> i have to reassure myself it's pretend <laughs> <laughs> i was like why are they talking about some dude who killed kids now right like, that has nothing to do yeah. with the witch at all or like it that opening does have one of the creepiest things i've ever heard which is uh somebody says that a little girl just described the witch as a woman whose feet never touched the ground I, that was it's very so clever. simple it's so creepy yeah, that was very clever yeah but also that was another thing that that i was like wait a girl just like left and then came back through i thought because i thought they're setting up so that's the backstory of the witch of like right, this girl right. goes and like disappears but then she came back and was like oh, i saw a lady floating what yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but that's that's the nature of these kinds of stories yeah. that we hear from town to town, especially yeah. in like smaller places. Now that I'm thinking about it, I think I would have taken that from all those different stories of like, oh, it's like just jumbled up mess because it's a, a story if at the end, like Mike wasn't staying in the corner, like from that one story. Right. Because that kind of connected them all together in like this real uh, sort of scenario. But I think it, it's supposed to, right? Like, I, I think it's supposed to, but I think that's what like didn't sell it, it for me. It. Yeah, because yeah, that's it, fair. Because it's like all of these random facts about the story, like getting linked together, is like, wait, I thought all this was just like a bunch of nonsense. Yeah, I could kind of see where it would be more interesting if, as they went, maybe they uncovered things about like the myth and the yeah. witch and everything a little bit more. Yeah, there's a little bit of that in there. And like they find the totems and those weren't mentioned and they find yeah. the stick figures and those weren't mentioned. And yeah. you start to realize like, oh, these are symbols of her telling them like, I'm going to get you. Yeah. Um, it, it needed a uh, spaceship crashing to Earth. Right. Scene. Sometimes that helps. <laughs> Sometimes it helps to have like just one question answered. Yeah. See, this is what I get for being like, oh, yeah, like if it wasn't in the thing. <laughs> no, I think the thing answers enough questions yeah. about like, oh, why is it here? It wants to take over us. Yeah. That's all you need. You can find out it's an alien later. You yeah. know, we didn't need to see the witch at the beginning of the movie. But it might yeah. be nice to see her, uh, her the glint in her eye at the end. Or yeah. Something. When it when it's just pointing at that dark camera, Matt, I, it would be kind of cool if just there's a little flash yeah. that was reflecting off Lit something. Something Don't need very to see small. anything. Yeah, because... I totally get what they're going for with yeah. the like it's scarier when you don't know what yes. it is. So that's why I just want like the little like glimmer of something that you still don't know what it is, yeah. but it's something. <laughs> you know who probably hates this movie? Hmm. Our boy John Carpenter. Because <laughs> he believes if you can't show the monster, you've created a really bad monster. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, John Carpenter yeah, is <laughs> every week that goes by. Uh, like, I think this movie is pretty deeply influenced by um, this producer, Val Luton, from like the like late 50s, early 60s, who actually has a term coined after him called the Luton Bus in his movie Cat People. Uh, cat people cat people it's about a woman who might be turning into a cat and murdering people it's pretty good cool weird bad title great bowie song uh <laughs> it's a bowie song what? you know the song in inglorious bastards that plays when she's the i've been putting out the fire with gasoline when she's getting ready to burn down the theater in inglorious bastards i did i oh it's like my favorite needle drop in movies that's a bowie song okay. uh, <laughs> and 
can always be brought back to Tarantino. Oh, that's not the thing I was going to bring it back to Tarantino with. <laughs> but friend. you did. I did. But that was an accident. But uh, Val Luton, famously in that movie, uh, you just he practically invented the jump scare because he told the director, like, we don't have any money for a cat person. Uh, so you're going to have to scare them other ways. So they came up with, he came up with and had them put in the script. Uh, you just hear like a like sound like really loud and the like woman like freaks out and then she realizes it's a bus pulling up next to her mm. so it's the Luton bus and this movie is all Luton bus uh, it is a Luton bus <laughs> I just thought of facts <laughs> I'm bringing facts now all right all right um and a hot take that I told you no one else would have but me uh <laughs> This is my own fault, not the fault of the movie. Okay. I was very disappointed before watching this. Oh, oh, you told me about Because this. famous actor James Allen McHugh, <laughs> I thought was in this movie. He was in the 2016 remake of The Blair Witch, which I didn't know existed. When you sent me like the clip, like the master cut of them calling him that, I was like, I don't remember there being a James in that movie. Maybe his middle name is Josh. Can Josh be short for James? That's a weird <laughs> nickname. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> this is what I get for not knowing anything about these right, movies. Right. But I know famous. Yes, there are actually two sequels to it. Which, <laughs> a year from now, which... Ah, ah. We'll watch one of them. <laughs> They're both apparently very bad. Well, if I'm going to sit through a bad movie, I'm going to sit through a bad movie with famous actor James Allen McHugh. All right, so we'll do that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the second one, Blair Witch, Book of Shadows. Oh, there's a book. It's not even a found footage movie. Does it? What's the point? The premise of it, and I think it's kind of a cool premise, but I've heard they just like completely botch everything. Um, They hired this guy who's like a famous documentary filmmaker. Uh, Just this year, uh, in 2019, he made um, the Ted Bundy Zac Efron movie. That's supposed to be pretty okay. Um, I saw it go up on Netflix and forgot yeah, about it. I didn't. I like Zach Efron a lot, but I didn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, Ted Bundy bums me out. Um, <laughs> Good thing we're making a horror movie podcast, and we'll never talk about Ted Bundy. <laughs> That's one of our rules. All right, let me get up the board yeah. here. I'm calling it now. <laughs> um, but uh, and he just said like, oh, I have no interest in making a fake documentary. Like I have like integrity as a documentarian that I don't want to like lie to people. Like if you put my name on this, people might actually be like, wait, is this one real? And the first one wasn't like, so he made like a narrative movie about dealing with the pop culture fallout of the movie, the Blair Witch Project and how people became like genuinely became obsessed with it. Mm. And like, oh, isn't that kind of spooky in and of itself? Which sounds like it could be cool if like you handled it right. But apparently it's really bad. Yeah, that, that kind of sounds like a little like highbrow, like college. I got nothing against scene. meta, man. My favorite horror movie is Scream. So. <laughs> well, not meta, but I just mean like the, is that not horrifying oh, it, in itself? Right. Yeah, yeah. And it, that's like a tightrope walk, walk kind of a concept. Yeah. So like I can see where nothing about it would work out, but. But back to this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so the making of this movie is what has, I think, kept it in the pop culture lexicon is the making and the promotion of it. 
Yeah. So they started coming up with it when they were in film school, the two directors. Um, and they, in like 93. And before that, there was only one other real like, like found footage movie, which is Cannibal Holocaust, which is interesting, but not good. And I mean, there were a lot of like mockumentaries like Spinal Tap and stuff that come out where they're, they're pretending to be real documentaries, but they don't pretend that like this is found after the fact. Oh, yeah. Like they, they don't really purport that it's real. Um, even Cannibal Holocaust famously had to like go to court because people believed it was real. So they had took the director to court and he had to find the actors and be like, Hey, um, can you come to court and show them you're not dead? (laughs) (laughs) But Blair Witch said like, no, no, we don't have to do that. Yeah. Cause I think like spinal tap and stuff, it's like clearly a documentary. I feel like this, yeah. Making a documentary just gave them a reason to always be filming, but it feels more like, Oh, they were just, it's just people filming. Yeah. It's not like a documentary. And I, I think it's, they took it from everyone else, unfortunately. Like, no one else can use this for a found footage movie. It's just like when they say, like, why are you still filming? And she's like, it's literally all I have. It's all I have left. Yeah. It's great. And that you can good. never use it again, though, because this movie is so well known. But so they, they started coming up with the concept for this movie in like 93 when they were still in film school, got all the money together, put out an ad for like actors who could improvise. And picked those three, at least in part, because I believe at least Josh actually knew how to work a camera. That was literally, they were like, that's probably the main reason we're casting you, dude, <laughs> is you can show the other two how to work this camera. Like, yeah. Which kind of lends itself to the realism of the movie, because there are scenes where people are like, no, no, man, adjust the balance. You're doing it wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah, because he was the one with the camera. Too. Yeah, yeah. So then they just took him out into the woods and like they had like a loose plot that they showed them. And for the most part, they interacted very little with the like crew that they had, which was really just like the directors and like two other people. So every day they would they in real life, because it was 98 by this point when they were filming it, had uh, like early GPSs to use and they would send them a GPS coordinate and they would hike to it and they would find a film canister and it like three film canisters that had notes for each of them that no one else could look at oh, that cool. were their motivations for the day that's kind of like some uh, food. D. yeah yeah so like i'm sure for mike it was steal the map yeah you know for josh it was get really afraid get more and more afraid <laughs> be the best actor in this movie then leave um, <laughs> and for heather it's maintain control i'm sure like their main notes every day you know but they they start doing stuff to like mess with the actors it's sort of I don't love it because I have mixed feelings about method acting and I have even more mixed feelings about forced method acting because then they started like slowly dwindling their food supply that they would get each day. Uh, So like when they like some of the stuff that they say is them between scenes that they just decided to put in the movie being like, nah, dude, I'm fucking hungry. Yeah. (laughs) Like when he's like eating the leaf and she's like, really, dude, you're going to eat a leaf that isn't like part of their outline (laughs) he was just hungry and they were goofing around but that's what makes that's the stuff that makes this movie work more than the horror stuff like i could just watch these guys hang out yeah that that's why i like the beginning so much because it's just them hanging out and then like the the only scenes i think that like the 
crew was like involved in that they knew they were going to be involved in was obviously like the end scene because that's so important like how you time that so i'm sure there was somebody pointing you know like go upstairs go downstairs probably at different points probably one of the directors would take over the camera that kind of thing and uh the tent scene that i mentioned earlier where you would have seen the witch but they messed up the shot and saved their whole movie (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um and then actually so they take it to sundance and they have the brilliant idea of telling the actors like you can come to sundance but like wear a hat or something like keep it low key like we're not going to do a q a after the movie and the two directors hand out uh i believe it's eduardo sanchez and daniel merrick uh have the brilliant idea of saying like stay as hidden as you can and we're gonna pass out these flyers that say you're missing presumed dead and that this movie is really in an effort to find more information about you to like get the word out about these missing kids and people buy it and then literally someone buys their movie that uh they made for like sixty thousand dollars alone in the woods which is kind of incredible yeah you know yeah i think that's like the thing that's lost on me watching it now because i don't have the context of like the time that came out and and the fact that right i mean they're marketing it as real this movie can literally come out in no other year but 1999 yeah because it is the perfect crux for we are not obsessed with the internet yet but the internet exists so they can do things like imdb is around but it's still a pretty small company so if lionsgate who bought the blair witch project at sundance comes to you and says can you list death dates for the actors in this movie you'll say yeah sure it's advertising just pay us yeah so they literally paid imdb to say like they all died in 1995 that's cool yeah so it says you know like it always says the actor's birthday and the death date it listed 1995 is when they went missing because when i was seeing a famous actor james allen McHugh was in this movie i saw that the actors like actual names were their names yeah. in the movie yeah. so i was like oh that's cool oh I mean, that's the other stroke of genius is we want the improvisation to feel natural and we don't want you guys to mess up because we yeah. can't do a second take just use your own names so the ad campaign is nuts <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know how else to say it it's crazy i re- vaguely remember seeing it when i was like 10 in that it it really did just come right out and be like you know this is the footage of four to three children who died in the woods you know <laughs> children they're like supposed to be like 20 but uh you know what i mean uh what uh, what years were like the marketing for it really prevalent uh like summer of 99 yeah i was three so <laughs> right, right. I, I was 10 so yeah. i'm still it worked on me i was their target audience man. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to trick you yeah <laughs> but people believed it people sent condolence cards to the actor's families people like tried to protest the movie because they thought it was a snuff film mm. And the whole time Lionsgate was laughing to the bank because I said earlier, just in 2016, they finally officially said what the budget was, which was about 60,000 with the handful of like little, little reshoots they went and did once it got bought and the advertising. This movie made $250 million when it came out. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think it is still considered like top five most profitable films of all time. Yeah, especially that's $250 million in 1999. Right. I yeah well and sixty thousand out of that is like nothing yeah yeah that's not even one two hundred and fifty of what they made <laughs> did um 
the director's gone to do anything else? Um, they have. They've both still, I believe, like have worked. Like they both made other movies. I think they both worked in TV. But outside of the Blair Witch Project, they haven't done any. This doesn't make me sound like such a dick, but they haven't really done anything of note. Um, not to diminish their work, yeah. But it's not anything that people are like, oh my god, have you seen the new Eduardo Sanchez movie? Yeah, it's not nothing. That... And, uh, yeah, and of the three actors, only um, uh, Josh still really works. He's like, uh, like a like a real big indie guy. I know he, t- he like he just won an Independent Spirit Award like two years ago for acting. Good, because he's my favorite. Yeah, he's the best. <laughs> But that's smart because I'm sure they were like, which one do we hate the least so far from watching them from like way off in the woods? Josh still seems nice. Yeah, let's get rid of Josh. Yeah. You know? All right, that's the, the the thing that this kind of movie can afford you. Yeah. Um, and actually, the ending was supposed to be very different mm. uh, supposed to be? once it got picked up. I mean, they shot that ending that's in the movie where the camera just falls and it just uh, ends. Yeah. You know, camera runs out of footage or whatever. Uh but Lionsgate was like, you got to give us something, man. Like, it's not testing great. Like, a lot of people are just like, I don't know, just end it. It's dumb. <laughs> uh, so there were three proposed endings. Uh, one of them was that, like, she would have walked in the room. And all of them involved uh, Mike dying. Um, Mike would have, like, turned around and, like, caught on fire and burned to death. Oh. Which apparently, like, just didn't look good. Yeah. And uh, another one was going to be that he got um, essentially it looked like he was getting like crucified by vines. You can actually find photos of that one, but it looks really hokey because they just went back to the same house and shot it. Yeah. And we're just going to leave in Heather's like, you know, dub track. But, you know, in that little house in the basement, he's literally like a foot off the ground. Like, no, (laughs) And you can find photos. It looks really bad. Yeah. And so they just told Lionsgate, like, you can't change the end of our movie. <laughs> it's going to look so bad. Like, to suddenly become, like, an FX horror movie. Yeah. Would, like, I want to see something, but that would just completely take you out of it. Yeah. Like, the only clip I saw from uh, the um, from Blair Witch, the 2016 sequel. With famous actor James L. McHugh. I was going to ask you his name again. Uh <laughs> is literally like they're back in the house running around and you just see a monster behind them. And it's, it made me so mad. I was like, I didn't know I had like a real attachment to the integrity of the Blair Witch Project, (laughs) but I think I do now. (laughs) Yeah. Like how much did you see like in that one? Oh, oh, you, it's shaky and it's like moving back and forth, but like you see her yeah see i don't monster i don't want that no i just want a little something like i think even like you get too much description of her like i think it should end with the description of she's a lady whose feet didn't touch the ground the second the the, they go talk to the woman and she's like she was hairy like a horse all over i was like oh that's dumb yeah Uh. i think one thing that might might have been cool is like each person they interviewed had a different description if you were gonna go that way yeah Yeah. it would have been really cool and i think they were trying to to their credit like paint a portrait of like oh if you looked in a cryptozoological book this is the drawing they would do uh, of her all of these things would add up to that like when yeah. you see a, a drawing of bigfoot or the loch ness monster mm. yeah because i i did look up like what the blair witch would look like on google images and i couldn't find anything 
Oh, you didn't just put up a photo from Blair Witch? <laughs> 2016. Well, I think I saw that, but like I couldn't find like any mythos or like yeah. drawings of what it's supposed to look right. like. Right. Well, it's not a real myth, yeah. you know. But I, I but, figured like after the movie got big, like it might have become I'm one. sure somebody's got it on DeviantArt. I mean, art. Pe- people draw creepy pro- pot man. Yeah. I, creepy I, pasta stuff. I'm sure somewhere in the deepest bowels of like DeviantArt, you can find a photo of her like getting it on the Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> But I don't need that. Like, we all need that now. <laughs> That's what our drawing will be. No, it won't. Put it on the board right after not going to talk about Ted Bundy. <laughs> no Sonic. No Ted Bundy. No, no I'm Sonic. all for Sonic. Just not Sonic getting it on with anybody. Well, depending on how the new Sonic movie goes with the re- reshoot. Maybe he'll be like Hot Sonic. It might be horrifying enough. <laughs> It's like uh, what you said about Kurt Russell. His eyes might be so dreamy, it's scary. It's true. It's true. <laughs> I could see that. Yeah, I I like this movie, but I totally get why it doesn't work for everybody. Yeah. But I do think fitting it in here to uh, our theme for our first couple yeah. episodes as a foundational piece, I think it really does set yeah. the tone for almost all horror going forward. Yeah, I think if we watch any other of like the found footage movies that came after this, I'll appreciate this one a lot more. It does help. (laughs) (laughs) I, I think like, like paranormal activity, which is another movie I like. Um, I think in some ways is a better movie, but I enjoy watching the Blair Witch Project more, if that makes any sense. Mm, Yeah. Like I, I can admit like structurally, like it has more of a structure. Um, very rigid. Blair Witch Project, I, I maybe I just have more attachment to it. I don't know what it is, but I, I enjoy it a lot more. And I th- I think literally like paranormal activity is built on the skeleton structure they laid out. The paranormal sort of stuff is like the stuff that I'm like super desensitized to. And I'm like, right. Man, that's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> so if, if it's something like this where it's like there's not cool practical effects or like editing or something that makes me like. There's oh, a little cool. more to paranormal activity in in that regard. I think you actually would probably like it better. Okay, because it's not that like you see more of the the ghost or whatever it may be yeah. that is uh, haunting them, mm. but you see more stuff happen and more stuff is like explained and explored. Mm. It, it it fixes a lot of the problems we both have with the parent with um Blair Witch Project. Yeah compared to like the thing uh, because i'm thinking of like how much i enjoyed the thing and why i enjoyed it i think like the fact that it was practical effects and yeah yeah. there's all those moments and stuff uh that were super enjoyable it has that extra element on top of the horror that it's like oh it's spooky alien only it doesn't um weaken the movie because the practical effects are so strong and it looks cool right compared to this where it's like it doesn't have anything going for me to I, be I like, what you're oh, saying. That's, yeah. that's really cool. There's no payoff. It doesn't yeah. have to be the thing, but it has to be something. Yeah. And not even like practical <laughs> effects. Like if they like, it's interesting. That's like the first found footage and stuff. I, I think I just need like a little something extra of like just something that's not the whole basis of you don't see anything. It's just right. Spooky. Right. Cause I think I, that's why paranormal stuff doesn't work with me. Cause it's fair. just like based on, your what you don't see and your own like belief of like or suspension of disbelief yeah i and you you have to fill in the blank yeah yeah and like to me something like this is like oh it's just a bunch of dudes breaking 
twigs like <laughs> i mean literally that's what they would do outside their tents at yeah. night like at two in the morning the whole the four guys on the crew would just show up and just mess with them yeah so that they couldn't sleep so that they'd be exhausted and hungry the next day like i said <laughs> this is why i prefaced all this with i respect the actors i respect yes. the crew yeah because hey I we didn't tell. make a movie like no. they did yeah kudos <laughs> you did it we're just two guys talking about right, it right right <laughs> Over the internet. <laughs> All right. Well, last week we got into some of the critical reception of the thing. I did mm-hmm. look up some uh, some choice critical reception of Blair Witch Project. Mm-hmm. Some that you will like, some that you will not. <laughs> judging oh, yeah. by your reaction to it. Oh, yeah, because we talked about how people didn't like the thing and that made me yes. very sad. Uh, people, for the most part, um, loved the Blair Witch Project. Because I think at that point, you're just post scream and everybody is just trying to be scream. Mm. So I think this is a genuine like breath of fresh air and it's yeah. an indie. So it kind of like, there's already a lot of critics. I, I don't like critic bashing, mm. but there are a lot of not good critics who just immediately go like, well, I mean, it's independent, so it's art, <laughs> you know, yeah. that kind of makes me mad, but I'm also like, I mean, you're not wrong. But <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so but you Ru- don't gotta sound so right about it. Yeah, you don't have to be. You don't have to say it like that makes other things less art. Uh, so Roger Ebert said about it: at a time when digital techniques can show us almost anything, the Blair Ridge Project is a reminder that what really scares us is what the stuff we can't see. Mm-hmm. Which I agree. Yeah, um, I think that that's the most creative thing about this is like it doesn't rely on like coming at you oh wow spooky it's oh, just uh. yeah al pacino ooh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right where was i okay uh, so critical reviews with reviews so it actually got a lot of reviews like roger ebert's that were very full of, of praise and talking about like it, it's just so like different from everything you normally see and that is refreshing and i think if we didn't live post blair witch i could see where that would be very refreshing even now mm-hmm. uh on the flip side, uh, one of the only like reviews that I think um, is really fair and critical is um, it might have functioned better as a 30 minute short film. Yeah. Which I, 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 I even liking this movie, I'm like, oh, yeah, you could cut out like an hour of this movie and it would yeah. be fine. Yeah. <laughs> it would it would cut out the my main issue of the anticipation yeah. leading to like, yeah. not, a pay, not a payoff for me. Um it, it'd be an awesome youtube short yeah like like on like crypt tv or something yeah definitely but uh then we get into some of the mean reviews which we love reading <laughs> hot takes hot takes hot uh, takes. someone um i don't want to like say anybody's name but at the same time they wrote these so i don't know uh someone deemed it overrated as well as a rendition of the ultimate triumph of the sundance scam make a heartless home movie get enough critics to blurb in unison scary and watch the suckers flood to be fleeced damn that's just like mean like, damn. that doesn't even feel like criticism like what did eduardo sanchez do to you <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> damn it's like a lot of the other like critical things are like i mean it's boring it's low rent like you can you can tell like you can see the seams which is something i feel too mm. i think the good outweighs the bad but like i see all those criticisms but being like it was a cynical cash grab from some dumb kids is like I don't think you know how movies work and you're a film critic. <laughs> yeah. Let me spend like $60,000 into a movie of my just, own money just for the maybe chance of making money. Like, yeah. 
that's not like, a good business decision because like even like looking at like like other indie movies before it that did well like i mean you know i know you're not a huge fan but like clerks like he made it for twenty thousand dollars and then sold it for like two million or something that's not really like a lot of money because then he had to go pay off three years worth of credit card debt yeah. you know like el mariachi he like literally had to to like let them experiment on his body that was how he raised oh, yeah, money for right. his first movie uh yeah. was um rebel with a camera you know yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i remember hearing uh, robert rodriguez yeah. you know I mean, even Tarantino, like Harvey Keitel, put up like a bunch of the money and like got all the other funding for Reservoir Dogs, and they sold it for like four million. Yeah, like you basically just recoup your losses and hope that it makes money after that. So like the Blair Witch guys got really really lucky. Otherwise, it would have just been what they made it as, which was like an artistic calling card. Yeah, like if I can see like protection studios and like companies yeah. making cash grabs, but not like two dudes like right i I mean it does kind of happen like i'm trying to think of the guys who make like transmorphers and stuff the asylum studios they literally just make like the like knockoff like bad movies like transmorphers sounds like transformers someone's grandma will buy Uh, it by accident for them yeah but do they really make that much money off of that they make a lot of movies Uh, and they make them for like blair witch budgets you know uh true so like literally if it can if you can put it on a I, I don't know about now i assume it's they sell it to netflix but it used to be if you could get it on a blockbuster shelf somebody will rent it mm. yeah i guess so and if you make five of those in a year yeah you're only selling them for like yeah we spent forty thousand to make it and we sold it for a million which doesn't cover like like which covers everything what isn't a ton of profit for like a business yeah but if you do five of those, yeah, that's plenty of profit, you know? Mm, yeah. So, I mean, there are examples of it, but the, like... It, this every, doesn't every, seem like... No, it, if it was, you would have seen The Witch. Like, yeah. This feels like a genuine attempt by two guys, like, taking everything they'd learned and trying to execute yeah. something. Yeah, this totally felt like, I want to make a movie, let's yeah. make a movie, not I, let's make money. Even the two sequels, everything I've heard about them which isn't good it still sounds like everybody who went into it like the one with a uh, famous actor james allen McHugh. um by all accounts the the writer and the director were like no we're like the right age we were like 20 when blair witch project came out we love that movie yeah you know and the guy who made blair witch 2 which everyone hates like he was like i wanted to do something interesting i had something to say about the nature of pop culture and art and mm. what we do with it Cause like literally like I remember seeing news reports of people like literally went to Burkittsville where they filmed this movie and were like stealing like fence posts and stuff from people's yards. Cause it's like, Oh yeah, they filmed in front of it. Take it, take it. That's it's nuts. Like I think at one point the city tried to change their name, but then like it just didn't happen because they were so tired of like teenagers coming there. Oh, it's like what we talked about before, like people taking pictures in front of the Halloween house and stuff. I mean, just take a picture and then leave dude. (laughs) <laughs> don't be dicks yeah don't be a dick that's all you gotta do be good people yeah. the player witch won't right sneeze on you i don't know <laughs> what does she do i don't know something with your teeth it's real weird she sneezed on that josh stuff <laughs> don't she don't make her sneeze on your stuff right right in the story yes all right now we're gonna get to the uh moment i believe we've all been waiting for 
we here at the podcast believe you can link everything back to quentin tarantino and you should and i found i really just like googled like quentin tarantino blair witch thinking i'd find some blurb where he was like oh yeah it's the logical conclusion of indie movies or something like mildly pretentious about how he liked Mm. it before anybody else you know yeah something really tarantino but instead what i found bruce willis predicted the blair witch project five years before it was released while he was filming pulp fiction what (laughs) stay with me now you can check out a bit from the making of pulp fiction recently discovered on reddit in it willis predicts with eerie accuracy how a movie exactly like the blair witch project was coming along in the next five years this is him being interviewed like just between shots with tarantino who has like a like a, a video camera Mm-hmm. like the one they use yeah, in the movie yeah. when they're not shooting on film and he's asking him about like oh because this was like the rise of like oh these cameras are kind of getting better what do you think about it bruce and he said someday in the next five years someone's gonna take one of these and make a feature film with it they almost did it with uh bob roberts some kids some 17 year old kid is gonna make this killer drop dead poorly lit movie that is gonna be the hippest fucking thing and then there's gonna be hundreds of them everywhere and they're going to cost $60,000. Damn. Blair Witch Project's budget? $60,000. $60, Spoiler alert. Bruce Willis was the Blair Witch the whole time. And dead. Um, <laughs> you haven't watched that one? It's a good one. I like that one. I haven't seen that one. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can't live on this earth without that movie getting spoiled for you. So. It's, it's, it's really holds up even with the twist. So. But uh, I just thought that was crazy. And I know it's kind of more Bruce Willis than Tarantino, but he was asking him the question. It was Pulp Fiction. And he actually, even in the clip, uh, goes on to say something along the lines of like, yeah, Quentin, you should make it. You'd do something crazy with that. Like, you do all the little budget stuff, right? (laughs) What would a Quentin Tarantino found footage movie look like? I want Tarantino to remake this right now with famous actor James Allen It's just going to be a lot of feet. Um, Quentin, you have to point the camera up. No, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You're finding my footage. He he unwraps the bale of wood and there's just feet in there. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Score. Santa came early. All right, but I think that about does it for the Blair Witch Project. Unfortunately, we're ending it on that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, you know what? Let me bring back up real quick foundational horror. That's our theme. And I think everyone uh, post... And got so far, but in the end, it doesn't even matter. Hi, Matt. How's that? We got cursed today. We did. So where were we? Uh, we the uh, recorder crashed. Uh, because the batteries died, we figured out it didn't lose the recording. But none of the other batteries didn't work, so we found a cord to plug it into the wall. Because Zach's a genius. And then we thought we accidentally recorded over (laughs) our recording, uh, and then lost it, our minds, not the recording. Right, right, right. The recording Uh, is fine. If you're listening to this, you know that. And and then started singing Linkin Park. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's it's been a good night.
Um, I now understand everything that they went through in the Blair Witch Project so much better. Uh, I'd like to apologize to Matt's mom and my mom. I, I thought you were going to say I'd like to apologize to the makers, 10 out of 10. No, to mom and me. <laughs> and my mom. It's all my so fault. I'm scared right now. <laughs> my mind is broken where were we in the actual recording um, uh we were just coming up after uh my mind blowing tarantino bit uh-huh. um, and getting into our our uh, explanation of how this fits into foundational horror uh-huh. um truly this is the film that set the tone i think for the next like 10 or 15 years actually i think it was about 10 years until paranormal activity paranormal activity Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'll say like 10 year period there Because that's when it comes and it really kicks off Everything needs to be found footage What I think that Blair Witch laid the foundation for Was um, When the sound Like a douchebag uh, It really laid out the cinema verite of horror Which is like how how we relate to it If we believe it's real or not Film green? What? Cinema verite? Verite 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 Verite, verite? I always heard it verite. Verde. Is it pronounced? Am I saying that wrong? I'm making a joke because that's Spanish for green. Oh, oh, verde. verde. I thought you were saying verde. <laughs> okay. oh, I just. Yeah, my, I could be. My mind is gone, and I can only make connections. The podcast is only improving. Is <laughs> <laughs> But I think uh, the the idea of uh, like oh horror movies need to we need to believe that this could happen, um, is explored uh, better than in the Blair Witch Project, in a certain two thousand two film that I believe we're covering next week. I probably got that year wrong, and I'm so sorry. I which is. <laughs> I put all these movies with the years on spreadsheet and I don't even remember. Right. We're watching 28 Days Later. Yes, which I, I like I said, I think uh, tries to make you think it's real in some way. Not not in the way that Blair Witch does, but, you know, mm. acts realistically, but probably does it a little better than Blair Witch Project. I, I know nothing about it. I know. I look forward I, to you seeing it. It's know, a favorite of mine. I know there's zombies. I know they're fast zombies. And I know my boy Cillian Murphy is in it. Oh, hell yeah. I love Cillian Murphy. Which... I didn't know until today, so now I'm very excited to watch it. And we'll have to answer a, a real question that I'm going to pose now at the end of this episode. Well, we don't need to answer it right away. Is it Cillian or Killian? Kiss the slay! <laughs> Goodbye! Bye, everybody. Follow us on everything. Bye. Oh, oh, Links yeah. in description. <laughs> oh, yeah, wait. Should we do that? <laughs> Kiss the slay! Yeah! yeah! <laughs> Should we bleed on it? (laughs) (laughs) No, kiss it.